welcome back to another episode of Between Us and Y'all. I'm Yasmin. I'm Nafis. And again, this is Between Us and Y'all. We want to thank you again for tuning in. This is our fourth episode and we are so excited. It's been so fun to get your feedback and to hear back from you all about how you're enjoying the topics that we're discussing. Again, this is a safe space for mothers and sons to have conversations about whatever topics that are on our minds. And we try to pick some specific topics that are sensitive and and meaningful, you know, in our family. And we believe that's something that could be meaningful for your families as well. Last time we talked, we were talking about mental health. Sorry, I had a little brain. And depression. Specifically, last time we were talking about depression and we were talking about self-medication. We're going to be talking about mental health again on this particular episode, but today specifically we're going to be dealing with self-esteem and the impact of music on uh, mental health. And so before we do that, as usual, we like to advertise for our friends and family if they have um, local businesses. Today we have a specific um, special people that we're highlighting One of those people is my son. He's a multimedia artist. And I have two pieces that I want to show of his. This is a self-portrait that he did in high school. Super cool picture of him. And he got a Wu-Tang shirt on, so influence of his mom. So that's one of my favorite pieces. And another piece that he did is called Misty Blue. This is a piece, one of the first pieces that I purchased from him myself. I do support my son, and you can find him on Instagram under dangerous dangerous kimchi, kimchi like the Korean food. And if you want to watch, follow his YouTube channel. He is um, listed as Dangerous Kimchi Films, and we'll have that um, specifically typed out in the comments. And also, I also want to give a big shout out to Todd Rue, my good friend uh, Zuri Rios, Rios, and he is a fashion designer. And so these are some of his pants that he gave me as a special gift. And also, uh, he also makes uh, shirts, pants, uh, dresses, and he's a very, very nice fashion designer, and I really appreciate him. So So he alters certain clothing and puts his own stamp on it, huh? Mm -hmm. That's nice. Looks like something that I would wear. And I've definitely seen you wearing that stuff, so, (laughs) you know, I know that you're not just advertising for him and, you know, have stuff that you don't really support. All right, so again, like I said, we're still dealing with mental health for this particular episode. Um, Usually for each episode, we have two episodes that are touching on the same topic, and we try to break it down into different, you know, areas. So last time we spoke, we were talking specifically about depression and self-medication. Today, we're going to be talking about self-esteem and the impact of music. Oftentimes people are not aware of self-esteem issues and they're also not aware of the impact music might have on their mental health. And so my first question that I want to ask you and touch on um, deals with self-esteem is being something that we've all dealt with at some point in our lives, you know, and whether good or bad, what factors would you say have played in the development of your self-esteem or, or harmed it? Give an example. So one of um, one factor that has impacted my self-esteem in a positive way would be the fact that my you know coworkers put up you know good quotes 
happy quotes around the office. That affects my self-esteem because I might read it and feel that I, it, it reflects something that I'm experiencing. I'll definitely say um, something that boosts my self-esteem is um, like maybe my friends or family um, give me uh, feedback on like maybe my art or maybe uh, things that I do. It makes me feel good because it's actually people that I care about and it's giving me good feedback or it's mm-hmm. giving me you know what I should do and what I should not do so that definitely makes me boost up my self-esteem have you ever experienced something or some a memory you can think of that was um, something that made you feel bad made you know lowered your self-esteem mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, there's a situation that's happened in my life and I, I always like remember it was uh, in third grade and, <laughs> man that's a long time mm-hmm, and I was going to uh, Muhammad schools in Atlanta Sister Claire Muhammad schools and um, I was in third grade and I was going to school with my, my good friends and we were playing a house and the thing was I wanted to get in on, on playing house and one of the girls was like well we don't want to play with you because you're too dark and so mm. the thing was yeah. and so the thing was the but the, the crazy thing was that the, the other person that we were playing with was darker than me the thing that was confusing was is like that the, the, the statement that you're making is not making sense and so then I started to you know after that comment it started to make me feel bad because it was like you know what you know what was the reason what was the reason and it was actually coming from a girl so now you know in terms of how I was approaching like girls and stuff like that it made me not be as confident it's subconscious because it's like you know what if they don't like me because of the color of my skin or how I do things or something like that so definitely that wow it's funny that you brought that up because colorism is a thing that people you know think that's something that is something we deal with in a certain way whether it's like you know you're bleaching your skin if you're from the islands or you're from you know West Africa for some reason in India a lot of people are categorized as you know they expecting them to bleach their skin but oftentimes we don't really pay attention and think that it's something that could be happening within our own groups of people you know somebody that from the continent might not think that I'm considered dark skin you know and my son and I are, are almost the same shade you know but for somebody to have told you that you were dark and that's the reason why they didn't want to play with you and they were also you know african-american too is almost surprising but the thing is is it tells you a lot about what they've been taught about colorism in their family you know because growing up i i wanted to be darker i remember you know sitting outside trying to make my skin darker thinking that (laughs) you know i could sit outside long enough and i I would be blue black you know because i thought that that was beautiful you know and that told me a lot about how you know other people felt when I found out that they did not like dark skin because then I started to think with myself like well maybe I'm tripping maybe I got it all wrong that I should want to be light when in my life I never wanted to be lighter I always wanted to be darker but the thing is is at the end of the day you have to be sure and confident in the way that you've been created and know that there is no better way if you're light or dark you know although I do love brown skin you shouldn't be treating anybody any kind of way, you know, because they are, are lighter or darker. When you talk about um, different ways of, uh, or situations, or um, just how you experience it, how would you describe the low, a lower and a high um, self-esteem? Okay, so low self-esteem, 
um, specifically in my experience, has been when I'm looking at myself in a certain way and looking down on myself because that thing exists. Whether it's something I've talked about my weight before, it's been something that you know many people that are close to me know that it has had an impact on my self-esteem. And it's been because of how other people have treated me because I was skinnier or I was a little heavier. I know the difference and how people talk to you, what opportunities you have, even in job interviews. You know, I've noticed the difference when I show up a little thinner, you know, getting more opportunities and, you know, stuff like that. Um, so I would say low self-esteem would be at times when you're looking down on yourself because of some aspect, you know, some trait that you have that you're not necessarily happy with. And high self-esteem, on the other hand, is something that you're proud of. And that would be, for me, I've experienced that with, you know, when people are giving me compliments on something, whether it's my gap in my teeth or people love my hair or they like my style. And But whatever it is, it's something that's boosting my ego and it's making my attitude feel a little bit better because of that thing. What about you? I think, um, well, I mean, for me, definitely, um, definitely with people talk about the gaps in my teeth sometimes it makes me feel bad hmm. um, especially when I was younger yeah you got me wanting to beat some people up out here um, <laughs> but um, definitely that but also that's low self esteem that's low self esteem mm -hmm. but um, high self esteem is definitely um, like your friends and family boosting you up telling you you know you might look good or what you're doing is good or definitely you know maybe having those conversations with your grandparents or those uncles and aunties that are, you know, telling you, like, we see what you're doing and they give you all, you know, the good compliments or advice and stuff like that. Like, to me, that makes me feel really good because, you know, you're paying attention to what I got going on. So tell me a little bit more about your definition of low self-esteem. What does it look like for other people? What do you mean? What does low self-esteem look like? Like, how if you saw somebody doing something and you, and you how could you say that, oh, that's low self-esteem? What, what behavior would let you know that, that what they're going through or doing is a characteristic of low self-esteem? Uh, like uh, doing something that you, um, like kind of out of the ordinary. So I think for me, uh, what you're saying, like definitely like about like body weight. So you know how someone might be dealing with maybe you know, a weight issue or, or just a body issue. They might, like you say, eat more mm -hmm. or they might uh, start taking certain pills or they might start to doing, try and lose weight yeah or start doing stuff out of the ordinary that you know you know if you know that person they know, you know that that's out of the ordinary is it kind of like we were talking about last time with self-medicating so maybe somebody abusing a particular drug yeah definitely because like, of their low self-esteem mm -hmm, i definitely think in terms of like using certain drugs or something like that self-esteem does play a part in that like you know everybody else is doing it and they're cool and they're moving this way and i'm not so let me you know yeah, and that might boost yourself, so um, your self esteem down or up or something like that because you're not, you know, you're not being a part of the group or you're not being a part of the community that's doing that. And so, you know, when you get a part of it and you start, you know, doing that, then it's like you feel belonged or you feel feel like you belong. Mm, okay, you so appreciate it. What are some ways that you have in place to to boost your self esteem? Because I know you probably have dealt. We both talked about dealing with low self esteem before. What are some ways you have in place to boost your self-esteem on your own? Without anyone else, what are some things that you have that you do on your own to boost your self-esteem? Um, I definitely, like, 
I, I usually do it a lot on Fridays. Because sometimes to me, Friday feels like, you know, a good day to me. And End of the week and last day. End of the week. You know, you got through, you know, a tough week or, you know, a really good week. And so for me, I get in the shower. I put on some music. And after that, I, I'm just talking to myself and giving myself affirmations. I'm in, I'm, a, I'm in the mirror. I'm appreciating myself. I'm appreciating that. So you're talking to yourself. No, face you <laughs> are the bomb. Right. And so just giving myself just self-confidence and also critiquing myself on things that I, I can do better and not saying that, oh, that I'm bad at this, that I will put it in a way that is like like saying that, okay, I will do this, that well, I'm, a, I'm able to do this instead of saying I'm never able to do this or something like that. Stuff so changing your wording and how you speak. Because mm-hmm. you're, you're able to do anything. You just have to put your mind to it. And when you tell yourself that you can't do it, then you start to believe it. Mm-hmm. So for me, is I, I'm sometimes when I'm, I see that I can't do something, then I start to tell myself that I'm, I don't do it at all. So I'm starting to tell myself that I'm able to do it. It just takes time. It just takes those baby steps. Mm-hmm. So definitely that's the way that I do it. What about you? Wow, so you mentioned something really powerful when you were speaking that has to do with some of my strategies, and um, that's the power of words. Oftentimes, we are not aware that thoughts become things. So first you think it, and then you say it, and then you um, you do it. I think there is an artist, There's a. am thinking there's a lyric in one of Indie Irie's songs. She said, the words that come to your mouth you're the first to hear, so speak words of beauty and you will be clear. Something like that. I don't remember exactly how it goes, but basically she was saying, well, I always remember that for some reason, you know, before I speak, I try to think, where are my thoughts coming from? You know, where is this coming from? Is it coming from a space of insecurity? Is this coming from a place of empowerment? Or is this coming from me trying to be cocky? You know, because sometimes I'm just, you know, you might be speaking because you're trying to be showing off for a person or something like that. But as far as to answer your question specifically, ways that I have in place to boost my self-esteem is calling you sometimes, you know? I call you and I and I hear your development and I hear your happiness and I hear, you know, that you've completed a task or that you're proud of yourself. That helps me boost my self-esteem as a parent because I feel like, you know, all these times I might have been worried about, you know, am I doing enough or have I done this the right way? You know, to hear you actually thriving lets me know that I'm doing good and that makes me feel good, you know, after the conversation. Also, one of the things that I do to help me boost my self-esteem is doing things for others, you know, and one of our past episodes, we talked about love languages. One of my love languages is gifts, giving them and receiving them. So, you know, anybody want to give a gift, <laughs> you know, feel free to give me a gift. But I love giving gifts too. Like, I really love to... Um, know exactly what somebody wants or something that I think they would love and surprise them with it. You know, it helps me actually boost my self-esteem because it makes me feel like I'm actually doing a thing that's totally selfless. It doesn't have anything to do with expecting something in return. Although I do like the gifts. It's not something I expect to get a gift back if you give me a gift. That helps me boost my self-esteem. And then finally, I would say I do something very similar that, that you do is affirmations, you know, my mother used to say, you know, talking to yourself is, is cool as long as you're not responding all the time, you know, and 
I noticed that that was funny, you know, when I was little, but I started to think about it as I got older. And I, I changed the, I added on to her, you know, saying is talking to yourself is cool. It's important to know what you're saying to yourself and what you're responding and how you're responding. Because if you all, all your responses are all negative, then that's not necessarily helpful, you know, and healthy. So those are some ways. I got more ways, but that's enough for now. Well, with you saying that and giving examples, speak about a certain person who had an impact on your self-esteem, either good or bad example, and what did they impact you? Say it again. I said, <laughs> speak about, like, you know, give an example that, you know, if somebody has really impacted you on, you know, your self-esteem, if it's good or bad, like, what, what is an example? Okay. All right, so... The first person that comes to mind when I think about um, someone who has had an impact on my self-esteem in a good way, I would say this podcast has been, you know, people that have been commenting. It's been helping with my self-esteem because y'all have been giving me feedback to say, oh my goodness, the things that you and Nafis are talking about are really helping me or it's really had an impact on my mental health. You know, I've thought about the things that you said and it's helped me be able to talk to my son or my daughter or even my, you know, friend in a way that I wasn't able to before. So that's definitely helped me, you know, boost my self-esteem. Another example of a person um, has been you, you know, when we, you know, are in the house and you say something really nice, like, you know, I think about next last couple of days, you've been like, you know, I appreciate you for listening to me or I appreciate, you know, what you made me the other day and, you know, I appreciate the things that you do. As far as a bad example, it's funny that when you gave that, you know, example of the third grade thing, because we have these memories etched in our minds, you know, that people don't realize that will impact us for the rest of our lives. And my first thought that comes to mind as far as a negative example is um, high school. I had a teacher named Miss Wooten, and my friends from Hayward High will remember this, you know, if y'all are listening. Miss Wooten was a um, PE teacher, and I just remember her coming up to me and my friends just out of the blue, and she was just like, you know, you're never going to amount to anything. You're just going to be, you know, a loser. She was just killing it. Like, you know, you're just going to be lazy. You're probably not going to turn out to be anything. And every time I've done a college application or an application for work or something, I always think of Miss Wooten and I'm always trying to prove her wrong. Like, look at what I've done, Miss Wooten. You know, I don't even know if that lady's still alive anymore. You know, but I, in my mind, she has been a motivating factor, actually, that has made me try to work against everything that she claimed for me, you know, so. Oh, oh right. for, for me, um, I'll say a good example is you. Um, definitely the confidence that you give me and the um, different advice that you give me. I would say my friends and my family of mm-hmm. the, you know, the good advice and the things that they tell me. I would say a bad example that I've had is um, I was coming back. This was in high school. <laughs> I was, um, it's actually I have two. I was, I was coming back from, uh, uh, I was coming out from Arizona, mm-hmm. and because we had uh, we we were doing a class in the Grand Canyon, and we were staying, and we were camping in the valley for a week or a couple of days. And um, as I was coming back, I had gotten on the phone with my grandparents, 
and my grandparents on my dad's side are very old school and they're very um in terms of presentation they are super big on presentation and so for me they were they at the time they were telling me about my hair and so they at the time they didn't about your locks Mm -hmm. and then that's when i was they were really low and they were still getting kind of scruffy and you know starting to really um hang down so they would just tell me um you know like oh you need you know you need to cut your hair long before blah blah this and blah blah and to me at first it really felt bad but then it it motivated me to keep my hair and it motivated (laughs) me to to uh to keep it clean and keep it maintained and keep it healthy and another example is actually no that's all i have I want to, before I move on to the next, um, my next question for you, I think it's important that you said, you know, that thought was your actual grandparents as far as the negative thing. Oftentimes when we're having conversations with our sons or even when our, you know, children are talking to us, we are not really paying attention to the impact other family members are having, you know, on us, you know, and so it's important to know what conversations and what comments, you know, other people in your family is having on your children and even on you so that you can understand what type of impact that's having on your self-esteem or whatever it is that you're doing so that you can know whether you need to stop it or whether you, whatever you need to do to that thing. Because who knows if he had listened, you know, to that negative feedback from his grandparents and cut his hair off and felt bad about it and caused him to go into, you know, deep depression because he wasn't able to express himself with his hair, which I love it. You know, I love his hair and I've allowed him to be able to express himself if he wanted to through his hair because that's his own, you know, creative expression. And like he said, he keeps it clean, you know, as far as Muslims are concerned, some people would say, you know, locks are haram. But one of the things that I'm very much against is this idea that anything that reflects Africa or reflects um, the beauty of our people and our culture and the texture of our hair, when it comes to the religion of Al-Islam, that is considered forbidden. I feel like that's a cultural nuance that I don't support. So if you rock in natural hair, you rock in locks, keeping it clean is what's important. And anything other than that that somebody has to say that, that considers that forbidden or haram, I'm dead in that. So, anything you want to say before I move on? <laughs> I know I want to tangent with that. All right, so one, one factor that can have an impact on self-esteem is music. Can you think about one specific song that comes to mind when you think about its impact on your self-esteem? My self-esteem? Mm-hmm. For you, like when you think about this one song that you think about, it just makes you emotional. It could be good or bad. A song that, that one <laughs> a song that really makes me well, it kind of it, it kind of boosts my self esteem. Is uh, Alicia Keys? You don't know my name. <laughs> uh, okay, why? I feel the reason. I mean, because it's like the the reason why I say it is because how I take it is it's like you need to be knowing who you're talking to in a in a friendship or in a relationship, and you need to know anything and everything about that person. And at first, you need to know their name. Because it's like, if you don't know their name, then that's really, you know, who are you talking to? Mm-hmm. So for me, I definitely, I even said it to myself, like, you know, what, you know, what is my name or how do I see myself? And I, you know, sometimes I might sing that song or listen to that song myself and ask myself those questions. So I keep uh, keeping up with myself and knowing that this is who I am and this is what I represent. What about you? All right, so two songs. I got so many. You know, it's this meme going around right now 
that um, Lisa Simpson from The Simpsons has this, you know, um, Walkman on, and she's like, this, you know, when you replay the song, because it didn't hurt you the, mo- the most, you know, when you heard it the first time. <laughs> That's the sad songs. So I do want to ask a little bit about sad songs, but since we're talking about good songs, two first um, artists that come to mind is Drea Denure. I mentioned her before. She's my homegirl. Um, and Amir Suleiman, he's another friend of mine as well. They have a song called Glow, and it talks about, the, the chorus is like, I see you shining, and she's singing and singing and singing and singing, and I just feel something when I hear that song. And then Amir has a song called Masterminds. Masterminds is a song that I feel like it just pushes so much power into me, you know, when I'm playing it, and it makes me feel like, like, whatever I was thinking that was negative beforehand, I'm a mastermind, you know, and that just makes me feel really good. So I blast it usually when I'm feeling down sometimes, you know, I'll turn on Masterminds and then that, that beat hits and I just feel it, you know, and then I play Glow also. You know, as far as some mainstream artists, a song that comes to mind, and those people, they're mainstream artists in my world, you know, but for some of y'all who've never heard of them, that's why I mentioned them as mainstream, you know, artists that weren't mainstream. One song that, um, what's the song I listened, I introduced you to yesterday? Daddy, are you ready? The, the soundtrack from Belly, I can't think of, Sounds of Blackness. You know, they have a song um, that was used on the soundtrack with Belly. It's one of the longest songs that has an instrumental, you know, in the beginning. It's just somebody singing and singing and singing and singing with no instruments playing. Sorry, that's not an instrumental. I messed up. <laughs> but that's the song I love. What about a, a song that, that just brings your mood down? What would, you, what would you say? If you hear that song, you just know it's just going to bring on total sadness. Sadness? Yeah. Um. When, in terms of me listening, like, in terms of sadness, um, I listen to Party Next Door for, like, in terms of sadness. What's one song that you can say by Party Next Door that when you hear it, it's just, like, sad? <laughs> um, well, what, what type of sadness are we talking about? Any kind. Um. It, you know, it's up to you. Uh... I'll let you go first. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of a particular song, you know, that, that, that brings on sadness, but um, I know Sade has a song called Baby Father, and that song makes me sad, you know, when I think about single mothers, you know, and um, the things that they've experienced and things that I could relate to, you know, as far as being a mom that raised my son by myself. That song, you know, causes me to be sad when I hear it because I'm, I'm not just thinking about myself but I'm thinking about other people you know when I think of it um also dance with my father Luther Vandross that's the song that he is singing about you know dancing with his father one more time it makes me immediately sad because I, I always think about my mom you know and losing her and he he's just singing about you know, how he would love to dance with his father just one more time. You know, I would I would love to just spend some time with my mom, you know, and and I can relate to that sadness. So it makes me think about that when I think about it. And um you got yours yet? Um <laughs> my first song is uh actually like you said, Shade, um, Lovers Rock. Um, mm. that, I wanna I always put on a song, that song always makes me feel a little bit sad. There's no um there's no really uh 
like anything behind it, but it's just every time. It's I just the emotion. It's just it makes me feel really emotional. And the other song is um is uh, New Sky by Sir. I just mm. recently started. No, 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 no. It's actually the recipe by Sir, and that oh, song. Man. And that song it basically makes me like you know realize that we're still growing as individuals and that you know there's still going to be things that you're going to have to put in to the pot that is going to make you to who you are so uh, before I move on I want to say it's funny that we got an artist in common you know with, with song, happy and sad songs because sir I love his song called Red Corn mm-hmm. you know that yeah. song I, I play that song a lot and he's talking about being alone and it sounds like he might be in a relationship where he's cheating with somebody you know that's not really the reason why I like it but I relate to it because I just feel like you know He's sad and he's alone, you know, and being single, you know, you can relate. Anybody out there can understand what it's like to not be in a relationship, you know, not be married, you know, um, and understand what that loneliness feels like. But it's important to understand what you're listening to, whether it's music or whatever, you know, you're listening to things online or anything like that to understand how it's impacting your mental health. Oftentimes, we're not really paying attention to that. So... If you're listening to this, make sure you are checking out the words, you know, to songs you're listening to and understanding why it's making you feel a certain way before you just continue to listen to it. Mm, would you say that, are there any uh, certain artists that make songs that are meant to impact your self-esteem or a certain group of people? And is it a, is it a fair marketing strategy? So you're saying, do I think that there are certain artists who intentionally make songs to impact the self-esteem of others? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The first person that comes to mind is Drake. Like, I feel like his whole life is all based on, you know, trying to make somebody feel some kind of way. He's trying to touch, you know, on those people who feel a certain way because they got dumped or, you know, whatever it is. He he has been a person that has definitely made it attractive to make songs that, you know, are specifically aimed at impacting somebody's, you know, self-esteem. Whether it's going to make you feel like you're a man or... You were a loser who's outside somebody's house crying and everybody's okay with the fact that you're out there crying. Another artist, um, currently, I would say, I'm going to speak on some current artists and some older artists. Another current artist I would see would be, I would say would be Summer Walker. I like that um, she talks about how she has issues with, you know, being out in public in front of people and how that's had an impact on her self-esteem. I feel like the fact that she is a very relatable person for people in your generation and she spoke about that, I feel like, you know, listening to her songs and her music, people can support her in a different way because they identify with the reality of what she's dealing with and how hard it must be to be an artist and be out in front of people that people think that you're so, you know, amazing and dope, but the reality is, is you might be having an anxiety attack on the low, you know, being in front of those people. Some artists that I think are older that have created music specifically to impact um, people's self-esteem um, I would the first person that comes to mind is Jill Scott you know I, I believe that she has been someone who has developed music that has been for empowerment you know of women and families black families in particular and she's also been someone that's made people feel like it's good to move on if you have been in a you know situation that has been impacting your self-esteem negatively. 
Um, and then as far as it being a fair marketing strategy, sometimes I don't think it's a good marketing strategy. That's good, you know? I don't think it's fair for artists sometimes to play on people's feelings and to do that intentionally to sell records, you know, or whatever they're selling right now, <laughs> MP4s or MP3s, <laughs> I don't know. You know, but sometimes I don't think it's fair, but sometimes I don't think they have a choice because people don't give them the chance, you know, to do anything else but to produce that kind of music. I think about Mary J. Blige and how there's this joke about how her music is good when she's going through some stress or somebody's abusing her or she's sad. People can, you know, tell that she's going through something and they like it. I don't think that's really good, but I can tell you honestly that I've been on that side of the fence where I'm like, come on, Mary, like, give me that music that you give me, you know, to help me get through my breakups and stuff like that. So I guess I'm back and forth with it. What do you think? I would say the first one for me is Future. I think Future, he, um, he's, a, he's a good artist, but mm -hmm. also he, I think in terms of this generation, the big influence on Codeine and, you know, Pills and all of that stuff. And so like he's self he he he's are you saying like he advertises self medication for oh self esteem? Well, I don't I don't know if he takes them, but in his songs, that's you know sometimes what he talks about, and you know like you said like you know it's it's kind of hard to talk about something positive and it will sell, you know. So sometimes that's all they can talk about is negative stuff, drugs, sex, and money, or mm -hmm. something like that. And you know sometimes artists don't want to talk about that, but uh, they do. They have to. Mm -hmm. they? Um, a different way, I would say some of that boosts uh, my self-esteem is maybe um, most deaf. Um, I listen to most deaf. Um, my son listens to most deaf, y'all. Uh, <laughs> um, definitely, uh, he's definitely a great artist. Um, Anderson Pop, uh, Thundercat, um, those people definitely, um, definitely when I'm going through something, I put on their music to make me feel, especially Thundercat, like. I recently started listening to him, maybe a couple years ago, and his music for me is like, it's just, you know, I don't really care what anybody says, I will, you know, this is what I like, if I like anime, then I like anime, or I like cartoons, or whatever like that, and I'm just going to embrace it for it, you know, because that's who I am, and this is what I like to do, and so I definitely think he has really impacted some of myself, like a part of my self-esteem. Okay. All right. So we've been talking about depression and, you know, in our, one of our last, um, in this particular topic, we were talking about self-esteem and the impact of um, music. So your generation seems to be open to talking about depression, you know, it's, it's, even with music and the musical artists. What do you think happened to allow that to be something that's just super mainstream? I think it has to do with the music, like you said, I think. You know, when you're hearing it from somebody else, especially around your age, mm -hmm. then you're able to really um, to talk about it. I'll give you a good example of someone who has passed away, passed away maybe a year or two is Juice World. A lot of his music, he was talking about depression mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And a lot of people love his music, but even though he, that's, you know, he's talking about his real feelings of being depressed and stuff like that. And so the thing was, I think the reason why is because I think people are just starting to own up and be accepting of, you know, their real feelings, you know, like, okay, I'm depressed. But I think sometimes people start to mix feelings and mix, oh, because I'm, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, if you're feeling sad that you're depressed, but I feel like sometimes people label just depression as 
you know, just any kind of just stuff, any yeah. kind of any kind of feeling. And sometimes I feel like that's not fair to the people that are depressed because you're just saying, "Oh, I'm depressed," because this person just you know said that you know how you make cookies is stinks. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like it's it's not fair because those people that are actually out there that are depressed are actually really going through something. And these people are just putting labels on you know certain feelings. So I definitely think. Um, that's been the case and also is um, the reason why I feel like we've been so open is I feel like because we haven't been really having a voice to be able to express it like you're saying like maybe the, the older generation or the, the community is not listening to us and so the only reason why the, the only way that they listen to us is if we say something so you know you have different people saying you know this is going on this is the younger you know we're trying so we're trying to spread awareness and you know no one's hearing us so all we can do is keep promoting and keep you know doing what we to show awareness about the younger community having uh, depression. Mm. What do you think? I think exactly what you said, the last part, you know, is really sensitive um, because, again, I guess he's referring to the older generation talking about us, y'all, the mamas and the babas, you know. um, I think it's interesting. Your generation does seem to have this uh, ability to talk about depression and I feel like it it became a fad at some point where it wasn't just you know I'm actually depressed or dealing with actual depression you know so I feel like I don't fit in you know if I don't have something I'm sad about or something that's causing me to self-medicate or something that's causing me to be sad and cry suddenly in the group you know then I'm not normal you know so sometimes unfortunately I work with youth, you know, and I have seen some young people tell me, you know, that they create situations and scenarios, you know, to make sure that they can fit in, you know, and that's unfortunate. This is something that's totally foreign to me, you know, because if somebody is actually dealing with depression, like you said, it's unfair, you know, for them to not be able to be identified and have their needs met, you know, if they're dealing with it. And it's also unfair to the people who have to create scenarios if that's what they need. They feel like they need in order to fit in with a group. You know, depression is, is not something that's good, and low self-esteem is not something that's good either. You know, but if it's something that's popular, it's hard. So I feel for your generation. You know, in that particular way, because it's not something that I would want to be experiencing as far as a popularity contest to have low self-esteem. You know what I mean? But. I listened to a couple of Juice World songs. You know, actually, the first song I remember you introduced me to after we met him at the Atlanta airport was, um, what was the one about, what's the song, how it go? What's the one song that he has that was the most popular? I don't know. <laughs> See, I'm out of touch. <laughs> but I know there was a particular song that he had, and when I listened to the words, it was just talking about, you know, sadness and thinking about killing people and stuff like that, you know, and to find out he actually died with so many drugs in his body, you know, and um, so many drugs on his person, you know, it made me feel sad because if there's people who are looking, were looking up to him, then they were looking up to him as an example and they might see, you know, that as their fate, that they're thinking one day I'm going to die because I've taken so much medication to deal with my low self-esteem or my depression or 
whatever. And this musical artist has been the one that's shown me how to do that, you know. So unfortunately, I, I felt sad for him about that. I think also what's been, like you said, that's been, I will, has always been popular, but I feel like it's even more popular in this generation now is um, committing suicide. And I feel like um, if you are dealing with something like that, then really speak out about it and really get help because you know we every we do care about you everybody cares about you you are loved and you are supported and I feel like a lot of people do that because they don't know how to deal with those those feelings or those you know or self-esteem is like you know I've I used to go to school with people that had low um you know low self-esteem and you know would have marks on their body and stuff like that and to me like you know that's crazy you know like I've dealt with something like that to an extent but not you know Something like Not that. that much. But it's definitely something that is in this, in this generation that, you know, that is really, you know, super, super sensitive topic that we, you know, is really hard to talk about. So. And people, I mean, people forget that suicide is not something you can return from, you know. It's not something that, we're not in a game where you have four lives, you know, and you can return after you commit that act. But the reality is, is a lot of people don't know what people are dealing with. You know, you might see someone and think that they're super happy and they have super high self-esteem. In reality, they have very low self-esteem and it causes them to, you know, commit an act that's so, so harmful that they kill themselves, you know. So we want to make sure that if you are, you know, having conversations with your son or your daughter or, you know, you are a son trying to figure out how to talk to your mom, make sure that you are having conversations about what you're going through before it gets to that point, like you said, you know, because if not, there is no second chance after somebody, you know, is gone. I've had friends who know who have attempted suicide and friends who have actually been successful with it. And each time it wasn't good, you know, and so definitely we are not experts about, you know, suicide and, you know, not you know getting to the point that you're doing it but if you have the resources please feel free to share them with us so that we can share them with our guests and our listeners as well you have anything else you want to add to that this has been a very heavy topic you know self-esteem and the impact of music if you are an artist and you are listening we want to make sure that you're aware that of what type of impact your music is having on your listeners as far as their self-esteem we know that you're not necessarily responsible, but we don't. We also know that you have the ability to make a change. So hopefully you're making a positive change. And um, this has been another episode of Between Us and Y'all. We hope that this has been beneficial as always. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spending time with us. All right. Until next time. Peace. Peace.